Hey guys, I'm Jelena, the spiritual and quirky entrepreneur, philanthropist, and mom to the most amazing and personality-filled four-year-old future king. Hey y'all, I'm Jondria, but you'll get to know me as Drea, your average full-time working mom, the CEO of Three Heartbeats, a sarcastic-ish talker, pretty much I'm just your around-the-way girl. I'm attempting to mother three handsome, vivacious, and charismatic young black kings. And we are Queens of Kings. A podcast where we keep it real on the truths about parenting. We'll be exploring topics such as realities of birth, finding yourself, and relationships. Each week, we'll dive deeper into our raw and unfiltered experiences as moms. But we've got the dads covered too, with topics like dating, co-parenting, race, and so much more. So tune in, sit back, and catch this melanin mom tea. Welcome to the Queens of Kings podcast. And we're back. Episode two for the Queens of Kings podcast. How you doing, Jelena? I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. I know that's right. (laughs) How you doing, Drea? I'm good. This week has been fairly hectic, but I'm here and I'm ready for people to hear us. No, I agree. And it has been hectic. There's a lot of stuff going on in the news. We don't even have to touch on it. Let's talk about some good news. So let's talk about the amazing support that we got with the release of our first episode. Thank you guys so much. The love was felt for sure. It really was. And it's crazy to think that you're going to embark upon this journey. You never know what it's going to look like or if people are going to want to even listen to us. But y'all showed up and y'all showed out and we really appreciate it. I think it was good to see there were men that listened to us. Yes. The age range, older women. Where y'all were listening from. (laughs) People in the United Kingdom, what's up? (laughs) Right. (laughs) We appreciate it all. I think that it was good that we even had a lot of feedback from mothers who are expecting or who want to be a mom or going going into motherhood. We thought that it would be a great way to start with the expectations of being a mom, being a parent, and birth versus what really happens. Yes. So this episode is going to be about reality versus expectations. So we're going to touch on a few topics in regards to what we thought was going to happen and what really happened. So go ahead, Jay, start it off. What are we going to start with? You know, I think that I'm going to start with, with how old I was. I was 30. So I had this expectation of you're ready. <laughs> you got this, you know, like I'm older. I'm older. I'm mature. Girl, you you got a good career. You making some decent money. Like you got this. No, <laughs> age doesn't matter. Age, age does ain't not nothing but a number. Matter. I mean, it does. <laughs> I think that a lot of people are saying, you know, they don't want to be a parent until they're, they've reached a certain point. You can never be fully prepared for never. it. Never. And I think mm-hmm. that was the first biggest thing of expectation versus reality. Expectation is I was re- ready. Reality, you're, you're never ready. Ever. I was 20 whenever I had my oldest son. So um, there, <laughs> there was definitely no expectation versus reality. It was just reality. <laughs> it hit me like... Hey there, you got a kid. Let's uh, make this happen. But I think when it comes to pregnancy, labor, and birth, mm-hmm. 
the age difference can only thing we can speak about right now is just age difference. Like whenever you were of your age and you had the expectation of pregnancy, labor and birth, what did you expect? See, with that one, I think that that was the only thing that I was fully prepared for. Mm-hmm. Um, my, well, my pregnancy, oh my gosh, the pregnancy. Okay, so I was extremely sick the first trimester. I think I lost like 30 pounds. Um, yeah, I got real skinny. It was crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I, have a, I had to take off work and everything. But when it came to actual labor and delivery, it was scheduled because I went past my due date. I had the epidural. I knew I was going to get the epidural. I had so many questions. And luckily, one of my really, really good friends, my best friend at the time, I worked at the hospital. So I asked everything. I want to know the good, the bad, the ugly, what can happen. If this happens, what happens? So um, my labor and delivery was fairly easy. Like once I had that epidural, it was it was on. Like Yeah, that <laughs> was the same nap. thing with me in my first pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, first of all, let's talk about how the fact that I wasn't pregnant until I was seven months. <laughs> um, I was in denial the whole time. <laughs> and I had a couple of friends that were like, girl, you sure you're not pregnant? Uh-uh, don't wish that on me. <laughs> I was sucking it in, my poor baby. Aww. It was just, I was, no, I'm not pregnant. It just was, that was not my expectation. <laughs> but my reality was, girlfriend, you are definitely pregnant. <laughs> So once you started like getting later on, like into your third trimester, did you start to like research the delivery? No, girl, just, Bob, no. It's just like oh, water. Break. No, like literally, <laughs> I went to the doctor after I was out of denial, and he was just like, "You're having a boy. Your <laughs> delivery date is February the 14th," and I had like three months to go. I was six months. It was ridiculous, y'all. I'm ashamed of myself, but, um, I mean, between that time, I would just, at that point, I really didn't even prepare. Like Mm. I just was pregnant and I embraced the fact that I was pregnant at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I went into labor on Super Bowl Sunday of 2005 and I got an epidural. My mom was there. It was after I got the epidural, like you said, it was great. Oh yeah. I was watching the news when they were telling me to push. I'll never forget that. Like that epidural is great. You know, to each his own. Okay, do what you want to do, but that epidural, the first time, they hit different. Uh, No, without without a doubt. So when it came to actual parenting after the baby is here, like what was an expectation versus what really happened? The crazy thing is that I never had an expectation with my first child. Hmm. Okay. I never had an expectation because I didn't know what what I was doing like I was just like okay I have a child I mean I know he has to live I know he has to eat (laughs) but it was just no expectation at that point it was just me and the father of my child like we were just you know it was just us it wasn't really my mom at that point it was just us and I just tried to figure it out as much as I could you know be the the mother of the family and everything but girl what did I tell you like we just looked at each other like what's up i don't know what we're doing but we gonna make it <laughs> we gonna make it so I, I know another expectation that i had well not even an expectation but something that was really in the back of my mind so the biggest thing i was concerned about was stretch marks okay mm-hmm. and then i later on realized that you could put all the cream on your body that you want you can have all the vitamin e oil sometimes stretch marks are just hereditary you'll get them regardless because I was vitamin E'd up regularly. Man, 
Mine wasn't quite like that though. Like I was never told about the whole stretch mark thing and use vitamin E oil and don't mm-hmm. scratch and da da da. Which I wish I would have, but at the same time, like you said, if it's hereditary, like you can put as much vitamin E oil as you want to, mm-hmm. like it's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I feel like I've had a chemical imbalance all my life, so that nothing to do with pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, hair loss. I didn't have hair loss. My hair really it was I had really good hair. My snapback was bomb after my first child. I was so small. I remember going shopping with you and Caleb might have been like one or two. And you were like a size two. And you were getting dressed and me and one of our other friends were looking at each other like, we ain't even had kids yet. (laughs) And we struggling to get there. And she didn't just pop one out and looking like she was about to walk down a runway. Can I have it back, please? Where are you at? (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I miss you. She's still in there. (laughs) She's going to come back. Stronger than ever. And, and that's another part we're going to touch on is the difference between kid one, kid two, mm-hmm. and kid three. If you if you have multiple children, it's a difference. Right. With just the one that you had once you did have him, what was your expectation, your reality? I was stressed out. So I had a snapback, but I, I snapped forward <laughs> what? after I had the snapback. How you do that? That's when I lost all my baby weight. Like there's, I can never blame pregnancy on anything. Cause I, with nursing and everything within like four months, I was back down to pre-baby weight. Like, yeah. That nurse probably smaller. serious. Yes. Yeah, so, but I snapped forward <laughs> a couple times, gained some weight, but yeah, I think that was, that was an easier part for me, but it was a mix of stress, but also I, I was nursing and I did try to exercise a little bit, but that wasn't too difficult the first time. Well, I've only had it one time. But I was going to say, you showed us it the first time and you got, you got two kids. One thing that was something that came up later and I didn't realize that it was something I went through was postpartum depression, though. Oh, okay. I didn't go through it with my first one, but recognizing what postpartum depression is, when you look back, I definitely went through it. That part. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't talk about it. Like, especially black women. Man. Because we we, we see, there's like a stigma behind it because we think of the extreme of it. Yeah. We think of... That label. Yeah, you think you're going to harm yourself or harm your child. And you're like, oh, I, I don't have it because I don't think that. Right. But it's so much deeper than that. And especially when we talk about hormonal imbalances and different things like that, it's more women experience it than I think talk about it. For sure. I think that women, like you said, don't want to talk about it Mm -hmm. because we're so strong and we have to be so strong for our children. And at the end of the day, like it's a real thing and you have to recognize that and also just confront that to know how to get past it, if anything. You know? And, and the doctors will ask you. They give you those little questionnaires when you go for your checkup. No, but I feel like shit. even the questionnaires don't really touch on. Because you're like, oh, I don't feel that way. I don't have it. Right, have it. right. But especially women, especially black women, we're so good at covering things up. Masking things. Yeah, masking right. things. I have to be strong. This is nothing that a lot of times we suppress that. and we. I, that's one thing for me. I wish I would have really understood where I was 
with that because I definitely think I struggle with some postpartum depression. For what sure. What did that look like for you? I was very complacent. Mm-hmm. I just, where I was is where I sat. Mm-hmm. And I sat there for a long time. And it wasn't no get up and go. Like my ambition was gone. Like with Caleb, it was just kind of like the way I snacked back. I was just like, I'm back to my regular life. You know, and I would I would have said that compared to where I was then and where I was with Caleb, like with Caleb, like I snapped back and I was back to Jondrea and mm-hmm. I had some of the best years of my life. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up having my second child when for one, as I've said before, I didn't want to have another kid. <laughs> But at the same time, with me having my child, with me um, losing my father Mm -hmm. soon after, I appreciated my child. I appreciated my second and third child, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. Um, But considering where I was mentally, it was like I wasn't ready for it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was unexpected. I wasn't ready. And since I wasn't ready for it, I didn't prepare for it. And it was like, again, Jandria, seriously? And I was really just upset on myself, right. upset with myself. But also, when I look back on it, it's just um, one of those things you got to look at it like it's more of a blessing than it is anything. Mm-hmm. But it was hard for me to look at it that way at that mm-hmm. time. No, I get that. For me, I felt like a. now that I look back at it, I felt like a shell. Like the job was take care of your child and you do the task behind that. You know yeah. what I mean? There's no real connection there's no not necessarily connection to your child but no connection or emotion behind it Mm -hmm. it's just I have a task and myself I feel like I was kind of a a shell but I was able to fill things up with oh I need to do this I gotta do this I've got to take care of this I've got to take you're avoiding the main thing of course yeah of course but when I look back even when I can look at a picture of myself from like the first year Mm -hmm. that buddy was born and I don't recognize myself Really? And sometimes I can't even remember how I felt in those moments. Like, I can tell you, my son took this great video and he was so cute. But I, can, I can't tell you how, I, where I was emotionally. Like, it's just literally like I was a shell for a little bit. Yeah, because your child took over at that point. Mm-hmm. And that was but, your main priority. And you make it, it seems okay because that's normal. No, right? but that's whenever you lose yourself. <laughs> right, coming up so three. <laughs> Your recovery. How was your recovery whenever mm-hmm. you gave birth? It was actually good. I yeah. um, strapped myself up. I had a vaginal birth, so I just push, push, push. If Mary was, I used a waist trainer, and I probably I was my stomach was normal outside of like some stretch marks and different things like that after maybe like three weeks or so, and then from there it was a lot of toning because ooh wee yeah that skin was loose. Oh my boobs <laughs> after. <laughs> They were great, but as soon as I stopped nursing, whew, yeah, they went away. And they finally came back like two years later. Yeah. I'm going to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Recovery was not that bad for the first one. Yeah, it wasn't bad for the first one. Like I said, I snapped back pretty good. I was wrecked to my regular self. I've always been a chesty girl, so breastfeeding was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't he didn't breastfeed very well. I had to pump. But I didn't see a difference between breastfeeding and then after. I didn't have that. But the the second and third child just did something to me. Okay. Like heavy. Real heavy. 
I'm just not the same. <laughs> I just want to get back to me. <laughs> but you know what? That's actually one of the things that I had that I wanted to talk about. Because then there's this idea, like, I just want to get back to normal. I want to get back to me. I feel like it comes with it. That's right. like the whole package. You know what I'm saying? Like you have a second and you have a third child and you know, like you think that you're going to snap back this way, snap back that way. Like I did it the first time. I can do it the second. I can right. do the third. That just wasn't my reality, which mm -hmm. I'm starting to be okay with my reality. But mm -hmm. also I have to get out of the mindset of this is where I'm at. Mm -hmm. It has to be more of like, no, this is where I want to be. So get there. You know, and there's a few things that's going to be different. There's a, you know what I mean? Certain things I can't change unless I have a BBL or if I have a, a mommy makeover. But also if we want to stay authentic to ourselves, like there are certain things that we can do to be more where we want to be than we are. Right. You know, girl, it's for the birds. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Is there, there a change that you see after each child for you mentally, kind of the space that you're in? Or what, what are the biggest changes that you saw after having them? The most consistent thing that changed was just my mentality. Every, not every child, like I got a 10 of them. But um, <laughs> um, each one, I wanted to be better, right. you know. So with Caleb, considering I didn't have an expectation and it just went the way it went. With little Anthony, I wanted to be better. Let me try to line up things differently. When I found out I was pregnant, I was mm -hmm. like, let's get a, um, mm -hmm. I should bring him into the world this way. I need to have this before this. I need to, you know, and I need to have my hospital bag packed and all, you know, like try to have an expectation with that. That went out the window. Okay. Third time. So let's try again with Aiden. <laughs> it was more of just trying to really get the picture of how it should be. Right. But also after now having three of them, it's kind of like that picture for me necessarily didn't exist. And I'm okay with that. And I accepted that. You know, and as long as my kids are good, I'm good. And the funny thing is, is probably even with kids, the times that we're the least organized, it's probably when they appreciate the most. For real. Those are the moments that they really look back on. It's like, oh, that was really awesome. Versus we made you go to bedtime at a certain time. We made you do this. We made you do that. We, yeah. did, we eliminated that. So just really giving ourselves grace as, as moms and as parents. Mm -hmm. and it's not perfect. I think that I had a, a ton of expectations. And what made me really change those is that I, I had to start holding my own self accountable. Because I started having these expectations of my son and what I wanted for him that I wasn't doing. Mm, okay, that's a good one. So the reality of it is I can't expect anything from him that I'm not doing myself. So I've been getting out of the mentality. You know, we kind of grow up with do as I do as I say, not as I do. Right. And I'm that's not the mentality that I want to raise my child with. You got to have the do as I do. Exactly. <laughs> Watch me. Right. Sometimes don't. <laughs> <laughs> Close That's true. Don't look at this. For real. <laughs> Don't look at this part. One of the other things was a big expectation was it takes a village to raise a child. And the reality, y'all, is it takes a village. All caps. To raise a child. I thought I could do it on my own. Not even on my own. I didn't think I would need that much help. Mm-mm. I wanted all the help. 
<laughs> I want it now. In the beginning, I struggled because it was it was a pride thing too. Yeah, like I can do this. Like mm-hmm. I'm his mom. Like I can I can figure things out. Yeah, and I finally got to a point where y'all busy. <laughs> can I drop him off at six thirty, please? <laughs> and that's okay. But that that's that's part of that mom guilt. Yeah, um, I think mom guilt is huge. Yeah, feeling like I got it, mm-hmm. and we don't have it all the time. We don't have what we expect to have (laughs) having a village does make it much more easier Mm -hmm. some moms out there y'all got it i don't know what y'all on whatever it is i'm gonna need y'all to comment and put in the feedback what y'all do but you know having that village to say can you grab the boys for the couple Mm -hmm. hours can I do this to get it done Mm -hmm. can I get my free time can I can you take them so I can go get a pedicure and just anything to really stay sane because um, I believe we mentioned in the first episode, if we're not good as moms and whole, we're no good for anybody else. And we have so much going on as moms. So having that village is so important for you to have some type of free time. Mm -hmm. And don't feel guilty about it. I sure don't. I don't anymore. I, right. I'm about to say I don't anymore because Julie used to always, always used to tell me like, you don't ever leave your kids. And I'm like, well, I just want them to be there because I feel like they should experience this. Girl, I got after a while. I'm like, I'm, I almost said a bad word. <laughs> Forget these kids. I'm going to go have some time to myself. <laughs> Forget them. <laughs> you have to. It's about balance. Life they need to be balance. able to again it goes back to do as i do not only as i say they need to see you living happy they need to see you living in peace they need to see your work ethic they need to see all of that so that they know that it is possible right that's good though yeah they need to see the mistakes that we make and it's just our job to explain those mistakes don't just make the mistakes in just leave them to dissect it in whatever way they can. I think that's those are those learning opportunities. So just giving yourself grace. I think that would be my takeaway. Agreed. Give yourself grace. And I think it's important not only for moms and women who are going to be moms, but dads to understand everything that the body goes through. There's a lot of changes that happen and you're like, where is this coming from? A lot of it is out of our control. And we don't even realize that we're experiencing it or that we're going through it. So, um... We need a little grace from y'all too. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a little leeway, you know. But it's good to have these conversations because we have to talk about it. That's what we have to normalize having these conversations and really figuring out what's going on. A lot of times we just chalk it up to, oh, she's got an attitude. Oh, she's going through this. Oh, he this. Oh, he that. No, when really there are physical things that are going on and you have to have that conversation. And we can't help it some of the times. Right. And I think that goes into maybe another one of the key points, which is the relationships and the sex drive. So, (laughs) for me, sex drive didn't change. However. Wait, during pregnancy, after after pregnancy or what? Sex drive didn't change. My level of energy changed. Okay. So, it's not like I didn't want to, Mm -hmm. but it's more like I'm tired. Okay. Yeah. And then after the baby, it was more of I'm tired. Right. <laughs> right. 
but my body wanted to, but I was just tired. Right. Yeah. So that that's that's another one of those things where you have to prepare yourself mentally with the changes that are going to happen and how your body is going to feel. And it's not that I don't want to do it, but I want to lay down because I've been up all day. Right. And you got to sleep when your baby sleep. So whenever, I mean, you try to, but also whenever your baby sleep, you want to get some stuff done (laughs) because your baby's actually sleep with the whole, you know, sex drive, my sex drive ain't never changed, but (laughs) with the relationship, (laughs) I've been waiting to throw that in there like that. Okay. Anyways, but. It takes only one time. (laughs) One time. Whoever made that up, you can go to hell. (laughs) Anyways, sorry. She needs to get off TikTok. TikTok. No, she needs to get off of TikTok. That's what needs to happen. (laughs) But I think um, when it comes to sex drive and relationships, it definitely changed when a child comes into the Mm -hmm. picture. But I think it's also important to note that we're giving our perspective from the mom's point of view. Yes. And kind of the things that we've experienced. However, we're excited to bring on some guests in the future that's going to give another perspective from the dad's point of view. A little bit more of of an insight. Yeah. Because I think it's important that we continue to have these conversations because we have to talk about it. We We want to talk. And generally within the black community, we don't talk about certain things. Right. Um, because there's this expectation as moms, right. we see a lot of single moms out there doing it with no complaints and this and that. But also, they handle a lot of stuff in the dark. Right. I think there's a lot of dads out there that will want to be heard Absolutely. in the black community. So that's definitely to come, future wise. Yes. We want you to know that it's all about reality, and your reality is your reality. Mm-hmm. And nobody else's reality you can't compare it especially nowadays you see social media and you see everything in regards Mm -hmm. to how people live their lives and how they handle their lives and i just feel like that's it ain't real (laughs) that's just how i feel it's not and it's all has to do with your child every child is different has to do with your house. It has to do with who who you want to be as a your parent, situation, your environment, what you're trying to foster. And that's at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And if you feel like you did your best, our kids see us as superheroes. Like that's right. period point blank. As long as your child is happy, that's all that matters. That's it. That's it. I think that's our takeaway. At the end of the day, expectations versus versus reality. The reality is, as long as your child is happy. You're doing a great job. Yes. You know, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And we want y'all's feedback, of course, again. Drop it in the comments. And next week, we will be back when we expand upon taking care of yourself. Self-lovery. I feel like I should see her name, y'all. Stop, stop. We'll see y'all next week. (laughs) (laughs) What? We love you. Be blessed. Stay healthy. Stay safe. We will see y'all next week. Wind down Wednesdays. Ooh. <laughs>